Hey, this is Adam Starling. I'm the senior pastor at Victory Family Church. Thank you so much for joining us today. I pray this message will inspire you, encourage you, and hopefully challenge you to become everything that God has called you to be. Enjoy the message. Well, family, how are we doing? Good? Wow, that was probably so far my best impersonation of Matt Porter so far today. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for being here today. My name is Grant. If I've not met you yet, I'm the youth pastor here at Victory Family Church in Newcastle. Man, thank you so much for being here, for being a part uh, of this church this morning. Uh, obviously, Pastor Matt is not here today. Um, he is on vacation, him and, him and Julie, uh, a well-deserved vacation, I will say. And so uh, they'll be back very soon, but for today, you get me. Um, Pastor Matt actually asked me a couple weeks ago, do you want to preach? And I said, absolutely not. That's terrifying. Not for me. Uh, I'm, I'm just kidding. I, honestly, I'm, I'm honored to be able to do this. I'm honored to be uh, here today. Um, I've been the youth pastor at uh, Victor Family Church here in Newcastle now since August 14th of of 2019. Uh, I know that because we launched that day, and that was also my birthday, and so it was a great time, a, a great time, and so super thankful to be here, uh, to be a part of this this church. Man, you guys are incredible. I, I've learned already so much just in, in doing this for almost a year now, for about 10 months, and man, I, I just, I'm just so thankful to be a part of uh, some awesome teenagers, man. They're, they're all great. They've taught me so much. I've grown a lot just in the, in the short amount of time that I've been here, and so thank you for letting me be a part of their lives. Thank you for allowing me to do this. So today, I'm just going to talk a little bit about um, man, some identity. So just to, again, to introduce myself further, man, uh, my name is Grant, obviously. I'm 21 years old. Uh, I am currently in college. Uh, I go to Victory Family Leadership College, which is uh, in Norman. Uh, I've been doing that now for about two years. Super awesome organization. I mean, I, I'm I'm grateful to be part of it. I, again, I've learned a lot in doing that, a lot of um, just real-life ministry experience and knowledge to have. And, and actually, Doug is, is the director of that college. I mean, just incredible leadership, just a great place to be, a great organization to be a part of. I'm just thankful uh, to be here. But there is something else that I feel like is pretty exciting, at least to me. I think it's pretty cool. Um, and, and this week, this Friday, in about five days, me and, and Gabby here are getting married. And so... Super excited about it. Um, what I would not recommend is planning a wedding amidst a pandemic. Um, that has been the worst. <laughs> and so, um, but it, it's been great. Everything is good. The Lord has been faithful in this season. But man, everything is good to go, and, and we're going to be married uh, this Friday. And so, uh, everything's everything's as planned, or so we think. <laughs> and so, uh, but today I'm just going to talk a little bit about identity, and really, truly, what that is. Identity is simply, man, what what makes you you, who you are as a person. And so this morning, I just want to ask a, a quick question, man. Who do, you, who do you say that you are? And so we're going to kind of dive into this. And as I go, I, I just kind of want you to ask yourself this question, man. Who, who do you say that you are? And so for me, like, like I mentioned, there's a, a list of things that I am. And uh, I'm a youth pastor, a college student. And, and hopefully, uh, after this Friday, I'll be a good husband. Uh, I don't know yet, and I won't be the judge of that. And so you don't, don't ask me if I'm a good husband, because I will answer probably false a lot of times. Um, and so you just ask her. Ask her. Uh, if I'm a good husband. But man, I have been uh, grateful and, and, and thankful to be a part of this church because there's a lot of, of great examples in this church. There's a lot of great men that I've got to, to be around to, to glean from and just to listen to and, and just to 
just to hear the wisdom they have and, and how to be a good man, how to be a better man, how to be a good husband, and obviously in the future to be a good father. And so I've been thankful uh, and grateful to be able to be around some great people in, in, in church and small groups. And so uh, the reality is, man, that we, uh, if we're fathers, if we're husbands, we all claim to be something. Uh, some of us are our fathers, some of us are mothers, some of us are teachers or our doctors. We all claim to be something. We are a somebody. So I have a few pictures um, today of some people that, that have a, a pretty popular identity. So the first picture is this guy, Tiger Woods. I mean, everybody knows Tiger Woods. This guy, incredible golfer, very well-known athlete, incredible at his job, but he had, he had a bit of a slip-up, but now he has a new identity. This guy is no longer Tiger. He's Cheetah. This guy is the Cheetah because he, he had a, a small little incident. But, man, and next guy, we got Michael Phelps. This guy is incredible, an incredible Olympic athlete. He's got a, just a one or two medals, just a few, not many. Um, obviously an incredible, well-established athlete. This guy, new identity, got caught smoking. He, his, his picture was, he was changed from then on. New identity. And so next guy, we got Kanye West. Kanye West officially after last night is now running for president. And so 2020 continues to be stranger and stranger. And so with this guy forever, for, for a long time, a very secular rapper, uh, a well-known artist, this guy, he, he falls Lord now. He's a Christian. He's, he's a changed man. Uh, and, and lastly, one more, we got Pastor Matt Porter, the pastor of Victory Family Church in Newcastle. But man, when quarantine hit, like we, we can't have church in person. What are you going to do? So he... You guys, a new identity? Recording artist. This guy, country music legend. <laughs> Just kidding, man. It's, it's so funny, man. I love those videos that he made. They're hilarious. But man, all of us, we have an identity. We are somebody. We claim to be uh, someone. And so it, if someone asked me today, who are you? What makes you you? I mean, my first answer would probably be, well, I'm the youth pastor at Victory Family Church. But again, there's a list of things. I mean, first of all, I'm a child of God soon-to-be husband, um, youth pastor again. Man, I'm a son. I'm a brother. Uh, I'm a friend. I hope to many. Um, an enemy, excuse me, an enemy to few, I hope. Uh, and sometimes maybe people think I'm a, an arrogant jerk. That's a possibility. I don't know. <laughs> uh, and, and sometimes I'm a nice guy. At least I like to think so. And so there's a list of things that, that could make up me. And these things are, uh, these, these things say what I am because my actions speak louder than words. So my actions determine who I am, what people see about me. And so by my actions, um, I'm telling people who I am every single day. By the actions that I do, uh, I'm telling people who I am. And, and so I just, as we go on through this message, I just wanted you to think about that. So the actions that we do on a daily basis determine who we are more so than the words that we say. And so a couple years ago, um, a couple years in August, actually, be two years, I, I moved to Norman to, uh, to join the leadership college like I talked about a minute ago. And really, it was, it was a new adventure. I'd never lived in Norman. I lived in eastern Oklahoma my whole life and been over there forever. And so it was pretty exciting. It was, it was a new challenge and, and a lot of new things. And so uh, when I moved over here, um, at that moment, the staff, we didn't meet at the church. They, they met at an off-site kind of uh, office facility. That's where the staff worked every single day, and in the back of it is where the leadership college was. We kind of met back there and did our homework and had sessions and that kind of stuff, and so 
we met back there, and so uh, what we did was there was a parking lot outside the building, and obviously the staff was there. We were there. Kind of a uh, unspoken but also spoken rule was that um, the first years and also everyone else were, were told to park in the back of the parking lot and let the staff get the, the closer parking spots. And then one day when you're on staff, that happens, and you get to park closer. But for now, we're going to honor our staff, and we're going to give them the, the good parking spots. And so uh, the first, obviously, a few weeks, we all parked back there. That's what we were supposed to do, and we did that. And, and so about four or five, probably six months later, uh, that actually the next February, I think, I was actually interviewing for the assistant youth pastor job in Norman, and it was Pastor Matt, Pastor Adam, and then the rest of the lead team there that were just asking me some questions, talking to me. And, and all of a sudden, uh, Matt, actually, Pastor Matt, pulled out his phone and showed me a picture. And it was my old truck sitting in the back of the parking lot. And it was an old 1998 Silverado, the same model as me. And just sitting back there in the back of the parking lot. I was kind of confused. I was like, what in the world did he show me this picture for? And he just kind of said, you know, I, I feel like um, this kind of just speaks to the character that, that you have. And I was, I was kind of confused, but at that point, people had kind of started trickling their way up to the parking lot. They started in the back, but as time went on, they started working their way towards the front of the parking lot, no longer parking in the back. And so at that point, it was really me and one of the guys that were the only ones parking back there like we were supposed to. He just kind of said, well, I just feel like since you're still parking back there, I feel like that kind of speaks to the character you have. Like you do what you're supposed to do and you, you follow leadership. Well, I mean, and me not being able to take a compliment, like it was awkward. I was like, thanks, I guess. I, don't, <laughs> I appreciate it. And so the actions that I did spoke to who I was. Now, on the other hand, the last few months, we've been planning a wedding. And there's been several things that I have been assigned by Gabby. Uh, several things that I've been told to do, and I've forgotten a lot of them or not done them. Um, and so at the same time, those actions speak to who I am as well. It says that you're a moron that doesn't listen or you're a goober that doesn't do what you're supposed to do. And so th- at the same time, on one hand, I have these actions that speak well of me, but on the other hand, I have the ones that speak poorly of me. And the reality is that no matter what, my actions will speak of who I am. And so we're going to look today at David and the Scripture in the Bible. We'll jump in First uh, Samuel chapter 17, and then later on we'll skip over to Second Samuel. And, and so the story of David, particularly the story of David and Goliath, really it speaks a lot about his life, a lot about um, who he is as a person. And so uh, it just kind of set up the story. So David was the youngest of eight sons. So his father, Jesse, had eight sons. He was the youngest. Um, all of his older brothers went off to the war to fight the Philistines. So it was Israel and the Philistine. They, they were fighting in a war. And meanwhile, David was kept at home to tend to the sheep. So he was a shepherd boy. He was there to tend the sheep, feed the sheep, uh, carry them around, save them if they got themselves stuck in holes, that kind of fun stuff, like very <laughs> great work to do, <laughs> a lot of fun. And so while, his, while he was working the sheep, his brothers went off to war. They were the kind of the warriors, the heroes. They'd been trained and all that kind of stuff. And so at one point, Jesse, David's father, said, hey, I need you to send some of this food I'm going to give you to your brothers. Take it with you and, and give it to your brothers. And so David carries all this food and goes with him to the front lines of the, the war and, and hands it off to his brothers. And he, he gets there and he, he realizes that there's not a lot going on, that the Israelite army is terrified. There is this giant on the Philistine side that is antagonizing the Israelites every single day. He literally, every single day, would come out and just scream terrible things to them and just incite fear all over them. And they, they were all terrified. Like, these, are, these are trained warriors, and they're, they're literally shaking in fear because of this, this giant. And so David shows up, and he's just, he's just, con, he's just confused. 
And, and so we'll jump into it from there. And so First Samuel chapter 17, verse 40, it says, this is David. He says, then he took his staff in his hand, uh, chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in a pouch in a shepherd's bag, and with his sling in his hand, approached the Philistine. Meanwhile, the Philistine, with a shield bearer in front of him, kept coming closer to David. He looked David over and saw that he was only a boy, ruddy, look, uh, ruddy and handsome, and he despised him. He said to David, am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, uh, and I'll give you your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. The day the Lord will hand you over to me, I will strike you down and cut off your head. Today I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds of the air and the beasts of the earth. The whole world will know that there's a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is is the Lord's. He will give all of you into our hands. As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. Reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead and he fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and killed him. David ran over, stood over him. He took hold of the Philistine's sword and drew it from the scabbard. After he'd killed him, he cut off his head with a sword. And when the Philistines saw that their hero was dead, they turned and ran. So the crazy thing, like this is, this is nuts. You've heard the story a thousand times. This is, it's just so crazy that five minutes before this battle or however long, five minutes before this, David was a shepherd boy. He was this, this no one. And, and it says, even if you look in, in research, it's, he was approximately 12 to 15 years old. Like, this is a kid. This is a teenager that he, five minutes ago, was a shepherd boy that tended to sheep, which was a, a really not a great job. It was kind of an, an outcast of society. Not a great job. He, he, was, he was a shepherd boy five minutes before this, and now, now he's a hero. You know, what David has said with this action, what David has said with this is, man, I don't play. I don't mess around. If you come against me, if you come against God, then you're going to get dealt with at this point. And so it, it, the thing is that David was the hero at this point. David was the hero of Israel. He defeated the Philistine army because as soon as, as, soon as Goliath was killed, they took off running because they were terrified. This is their hero. This, this, Goliath was their, their greatest, their, their greatest warrior. And so uh, as soon as he was gone, they, they, they fled. And if you look into the Old Testament further on, you see that uh, several times after this, David fought the Philistines and beat them every single time because he was fighting with the Lord. He had the Lord on his side. And so after this, again, David was the hero. David was the, 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 the hero of the Israelites. And he later, he became king. He was, he was a literal celebrity. He, he, and not only was he a celebrity, but he also was uh, this, this figure that people wanted to be like. Like, you should be like David, this a strong warrior, this humble warrior. Fast forward a few years, and in 2 Samuel chapter 11, we look and it says, In the spring, at the time when kings go off to war, David sent Joab out with the king's men and the whole Israelite army. They destroyed the Ammonites and besieged Rabbah, but David remained in Jerusalem. One evening, David got up from his bed and walked around on the roof of the palace. From the roof, he saw a woman bathing. The woman was very beautiful. David sent someone to find out about her. The man said, isn't that Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam and the wife of Uriah the Hittite? 
Then David sent messengers to get her. She came to him and he slept with her. Then she went back home. The woman conceived and sent word to David saying, I am pregnant. So this is, he's got himself in a royal mess. This is a, a this is, this is terrible. He's got himself in a lot of trouble. And this is a, a completely different story. So before this, he was this hero of Israel. He was this, this role model, this, this high example, a man of God that everyone would like to be like. And now things are completely different. Now his life is saying, I'm a coward. I'm a peeping Tom. I'm a conspirer. I'm an adulterer. And that's what his life is saying. You know, he's, not, he's not proclaiming these things. He's not shouting out that this is who I am. This is what his life is preaching for him. And the story goes on, and David is terrified. David's freaked out, doesn't know what to do. He, he, he kind of reacts, and he sends word to Uriah, her husband, to come home. He's off at war. He sends word to him for, to, to come home, and he wants him to come home and sleep with his wife, so he thinks that it's his child. And so now he's a liar, too. It, it doesn't work. Uriah goes back to war, and so David sends word to have him sent to the front lines without protection. So now... He sends Uriah to the front lines of the, of the war without protection, and he's killed. Uriah is dead at this point. So now what David has said with his life is, I'm a coward. I'm a peeping Tom. I'm a conspirer. I'm an adulterer. Now I'm a liar and a murderer. It's crazy. And we're still talking about this story 3,000 years later. It's, it's crazy because it has such an impact on the life of David. And the reality is what you say with your life speaks volumes and lasts forever. So today I just ask you, who do you say that you are? So as we look at David, we could see that there was two very realistic routes that he could have taken with his life. And number one, if you're taking notes, what, what is specifically, what is your life saying? So there's a leadership lesson that um, Pastor Adam We'll go over many times with uh, leadership college students and also uh, new staff hires. It's called Everything Leaks. And kind of the premise of this, this leadership lesson is that whatever you put into yourself, whatever you pour into your mind and your heart and your spirit, um, you will, that will come out of you as well. So whatever you pour into yourself, that is the result that you will get. So just for example, if I ate McDonald's, three meals a day for a very long time, I would, have a, I would have a result. I would be overweight. I would have very high blood pressure. I'd be very unhealthy. I'd be up here breathing heavy all the time. And it'd just be not a good time. It'd be, it'd be gross. It'd be awful. And so how many of you guys ever seen the documentary Super Size Me? Anybody ever seen that? Some guy literally did this. This guy was a very healthy, very in shape and just healthy guy, uh, kind of a more skinny guy. He, he did this experiment where he ate McDonald's three meals a day for an entire month. And so at the beginning of the experiment, he gets everything measured. He gets uh, his BMI, and he gets his, his blood pressure, his cholesterol, all the, his weight, all the things measured to see what impact it would have on him. At the end of the 30 days, at the end of the month, he, everything in skyrocketed. His cholesterol was super high. His, his BMI was really high because his, his weight went up. His blood pressure was through the roof. It's because he kept feeding himself things that were not good for him, and he got, he got the result that he expected. He got sick. He, he was in terrible health. And what, what, I'm, what I'm nervous for today is, I mean, what, what are we spending time pouring into our lives? What are we spending time filling ourselves with, man, that we probably shouldn't? I mean, watching things that we shouldn't be watching or, or listening to things that, that we shouldn't be listening to. And re- the reality is that sometimes we wonder, Man, why am I so anxious? Man, why am I so fearful all the time? 
Why, why am I constantly worried about things? When all the while we're only watching the news, we're only reading news articles about the things going on. I mean, this year is, is obviously a lot of things have been happening. When we're only filling ourselves with those things, like we're going to get a result. And the truth is, I'm right there with you. So me and Gabby got engaged in February whenever there was still hope in the world and there was still joy in 2020. There was still hope. Um, and so we got engaged February 4th. And so we, we, we were ambitious. We were like, let's, we can pull this off. Let's get married in July. It's five months, but we can handle it. We're, we're going we're gonna to manage to start planning things, started um, calling places and getting um, venue and food aligned. And we booked our honeymoon and all that kind of fun stuff. And a month later, everything was shut down. Quarantine hit. Um, and, and to be truthful, the joy that we had uh, in, in planning the wedding, the joy that we had, the excitement that we had, it started to turn to fear. It started to turn to dread and worry because we, we were terrified that what we had dreamed of, basically our entire lives, what we were hoping for may not happen. We had no idea what the future looked like. So again, our, our excitement, our 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 joy turned to fear. And if I'm being honest at times, um, I got kind of resentful. I was, I was fairly angry. Um, because of all times, to have a pandemic is right in the middle of when I'm trying to plan a wedding. And I'm sitting here watching every day, watching the news and seeing the number of cases rising, seeing the number of deaths skyrocketing, and being worried, not only uh, that I'm planning a wedding, but what about my family? If, if I have this wedding, what if what people get sick? One, because of me, or they, they get sick and they can't come. And even then, I start, being, I start feeling a little selfish. Uh, here I am, excited. Here I am, uh, hopeful for this wedding. Meanwhile, people all around me are losing loved ones. People all around me are getting sick. They're, 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 not, they're not doing well. And so... And then I got kind of angry. And every day, like I said, I was, I was watching the news, watching the cases go up, watching all the, the crazy things that happened from the, uh, the political stuff to the, the murder horns, whatever that was. Who even knows who that was for five minutes? But it, it had an impact on me. Because I guarantee you, my heart, my mind would have been in a, a different place had I spent that time watching the news, had I spent that, instead of doing that, reading my Bible, had I spent that time seeking God, praying to him and spending time in his presence, I guarantee you my mindset would have been different. My heart would have felt different. And the world around me would have been perceived differently had I spent that time in the word of God. And had I not focused solely on all the bad things going on, I would have had a different perspective. I would have had a completely different outlook on the things going on. And apparently in this worst year ever, so, so-called. The reality is, man, the, way, the, put, the things we put in our lives will leak out. As I heard it simply put in, in kids' church many years ago, um, it's pretty simple, but it's, it's pretty profound. Garbage in, garbage out. If you put garbage in, you will get garbage out. What you put into your heart, what you put into your mind, you will get a result. So in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 through 9, it says, In conclusion, my friends, fill your minds with those things that are good, 
that deserve praise, things that are true, noble, right, pure, lovely, and honorable. Put into practice what you have learned and received from me, both from my words and from my actions. And the God who gives us peace will be with you. And this could be scary to some. If you're, if you're thinking, if, so you're telling me that the actions that I've done in my life, the, the things that I've done now determine who I am. That's terrifying. If, if the things that I've done in my life are, are the label that are now put on me, then that's scary. If that's the case, then I'm no good. Like I've, I've got no hope if the things that I've done determine who I am. But the reality is that there's, there's a God who, who has a, a, something else for you. So number two, man, who does God say you are? It says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 through 10, it says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. May we are God's children. We have to remember we are God's children. And that identity itself, that is enough for us. If that's the only identity we, identity we ever have, that is enough for us. I mean, your identity at some point may have been an adulterer. That may have been your label at one point. Now it's child of God. Your, your identity at some point may have been thief. Now it's, it's a royal priesthood. And you may, you may have done terrible things that you perceive as so unforgivable, but to, but to him... You're a special possession, a chosen people. And even if we look back at, at David, he had many identities, a lot of good ones and, and some not so good. But his identity is forever found in God because he made the choice to actively pursue him daily in despite of his, his shortcomings, his failures, in regards to those things he chose daily to seek God, to pursue him. And you'll read later on in, in the New Testament that he had perhaps one of, the, one of the coolest names given in the Bible. He was the only one given this. He was known as the man after God's own heart. Regardless of the, the mistakes that he made, the things that he did, the actions that he had, he made a choice to pursue God daily. And God honored him for that. God loves you despite the decisions that you make. If you choose to seek him daily, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a special possession. Heavenly Father, God, I love you. God, thank you for what you've done in this place today. God, thank you, Lord, that God, despite the things that we do daily, despite the, the, the mistakes that we've made, God, that we have an identity in you. God, just regardless of the, the labels that are put on us by other people, by ourselves, God, that you have put a label on us, that God, that will never be erased. God, that will never be changed. God, that we are your children. God, that you love us. God, we thank you for that. Thank you for giving your son, that we may have that, that label on our lives, God. That we have that title, that identity. If you're in this room today and you say, man, I just... I don't have that identity. I don't have that on my life. I still have these labels on me that I don't want anymore. If you're in this room and you say today that you, that you today want to choose the identity of a child of God, a chosen people, if you want to choose that today, you want to choose today to follow Jesus with your whole heart, 
you just raise your hand. I just want to pray for you. Let's pray like this together. Heavenly Father, God, I love you. Thank you for choosing me. God, I know I make mistakes. I know I'm a sinner. But today, I'm choosing to follow you. God, I love you. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. If you enjoyed today's message, I want to encourage you to like it or share it on social media and tag at VFC underscore Newcastle. If you haven't already, download the Victory Family Church app to stay connected with everything that's happening throughout the week. Thanks again for listening. Have an awesome week.